Hey ladies, welcome back to the show. I am your host, Trisha Stefankowitz, registered dietitian, nutritionist. On today, our women's health series, we are going to end this series for now with and talking about heart health and the habits that we can do today that will decrease our risk of developing or worsening heart disease in the future. Heart health is something that I'm really passionate about. I think like myself, probably most of you have a family history of heart disease. You probably have had multiple family members with heart disease. I think heart disease is something that is pretty undervalued because right now you may not know somebody who has heart disease that is your age. So I'm in like actually my late forties, I'm 46 and I don't know anybody my age that has heart disease, but I do know of people that are much older than me that have heart disease. And so when I, I think a lot of people think of heart disease as something that is an older person's disease, but heart disease is one of the most preventable and it is the number one killer of women. So it's very undervalued the harm that heart disease does. And so I wanted to spend some time talking about it today because some of the diseases that are starting to be diagnosed and where we're at today. So probably most of you are in your late thirties or your forties, or maybe your fifties. And so you may be at this age that you're starting to get diagnosed with prediabetes or diabetes or hypertension or high cholesterol. And all of those things are important and are risk factors for developing heart disease. And so we've talked about some of the other things, but I just want to kind of spend some time talking about the bigger picture today and talking about heart health. Most of the resources in this are going to be from things like the American Heart Association. It's going to be from like, and the CDC. Based on the information that we have right now in 2021, cardiovascular disease or heart disease is the number one killer of women in the U.S., causing one in three deaths each year. So what's crazy about that is this study shows that it's approximately one woman dies from heart disease every minute. And what's crazier about it is, is that heart disease is one of the most preventable diseases when it comes to, especially for women. So that's why I want to spend some time talking about heart disease today. What's crazier is that heart disease is also one of the most preventable diseases, especially in women. And at some point in the next few years, you're going to be going through menopause and the behaviors that you do now will help decrease your risk of heart disease as you get older and helping decrease your risk of other diseases is all going to have an impact in your health as you get older. So again, I think heart disease is something that's a little bit undervalued when we're younger, but certainly the things that you do today is going to have an impact when it comes to heart health as you get older. We are, this is the last episode that we're doing for the women's health series. We will resume this series probably in the new year. There are some topics that I wanted to talk about that I wanted to have guest experts on talk about. And so I'm trying to coordinate that now. So if there is a disease that you haven't heard about, or I haven't talked about, and you want more information on it, certainly send me a DM on Instagram or send me an email at info at trisharrd.com. And I can start to try to figure out if I can find guests to come on and talk about that because this podcast is for you. It's the mission of this podcast too, is to empower women like you to make health changes today that can prevent you and impact your future. 
And this information provided here is to meant to empower you, not to scare you, but to empower you just so that you have the information here that if you choose and want to do something, because even something like as simple as taking 1% of a step today or a tiny step today or making a 1% change is going to help you decrease your risk for a lot of these diseases in the future. One of the ways that we can, that you can help support this mission and the goal of this podcast, again, which is to empower women to put themselves first and not always put themselves last and to do these things now is either to leave a review or to share this podcast with other women just like you, because together we can make this a mission for all women to empower them and to empower each other to make these health changes that we're worthy of making these changes and deserving of making these changes so that we can make some changes now so that our future and our health in the future and the diseases that we develop might be a little bit better. It might be for a multitude of reasons, but in this, in particular, this women's health series, it's going to be focused on disease risk. And so if that's something that you think other people would benefit, if they have heart disease or other women who have a family history of heart disease, please share this episode with them. When we talk about heart disease, what does heart disease even mean? Heart disease is this umbrella of different diseases that affect or damage your heart. There's so many reasons that people could have heart disease. It could be congenital heart disease, you could have blocked arteries, arrhythmias, any disease of the heart muscle, infections. I used to work in a cardiac ICU in Philadelphia, and there was kids that like younger people that would come in that had infection that damaged their hearts. There could be post-pregnancy related changes that happen that you have some kind of damage to your heart. It could be damage to the valves in your heart, anything like that. Coronary artery disease is the most common type of heart disease that probably you will hear about. And that is something that you probably know about, right? It's this buildup of plaque that is that it can be caused by things like cholesterol and can be caused by fat. And it just makes that plaque makes it really hard for good blood flow to get to your heart. And one I like if you can visualize this, I think a lot of the cardiologists and things will talk about damage to your heart in this way. So when you're like, so think of like a pipe Right. So think about like this visualization of that, that when you're young, you have like really good blood flow to your heart. So your arteries are typically pretty clean and that pipe, especially like think about, I guess, like with water and how that it's very easy for water to get to wherever it needs to go to because the pipe is nice and clean. The edges are really clean and it's very, it's wide open. But as we start to get older, that pipe starts to get corrosion on the inside where it starts to kind of get built up. And so that could be like related to plaque from fat and cholesterol, and it builds up all on the inside of that pipe, right? And so what happens is, is it's much harder because of that buildup to get good blood flow to your heart. And some of that is because of aging and some of it is because of some other risk factors that we're going to talk about. So that's kind of one of the things of heart disease is, is that buildup of plaque. And certainly that would be related to coronary artery disease. 
Now that we've talked about what heart disease is, I want to talk about the symptoms of a heart attack for women versus men. I want to do that at the beginning of this episode because I don't know if you're going to listen all the way through, but I want to let you know what they are because they're different in women than they are in men. Typically, we'll think of a heart attack if you're having one as you have pain in your chest, but what research has shown is that's much more common and likely to happen in men and not actually women. Um, my grandmother had a history of a heart attack and her symptoms were more like these symptoms. So they could be things like shortness of breath or weakness, unusual fatigue, cold sweats, dizziness, nausea, weak or heavy arms. And these symptoms you're going to find in the show notes, I'm going to put the resources there. But that's the thing. It's a little bit scary is that those symptoms are a little bit benign, much more benign than having this heavy pressure on your chest. So there's been research and the American Heart Association is doing research with the whole campaign that I think you guys have probably heard of that go red for women. And they sell those pins with like the red dress. And that's because it's really studying the difference between heart attack symptoms with women and men, because it does seem like there are some differences. Okay. So now that we've talked about heart disease, what it is, some of the symptoms of a heart attack, let's really start to dig into heart disease and some of the risk factors. And let's first start talking about the unmodifiable risk factors. So the things that we can't change that are going to put us, put us at risk for heart disease. So age. So as we've talked about previously with the whole like plumbing and the pipe kind of situation, remembering that when you're younger, you are going to have really good blood flow because if you have plumbing or pipes and you're young, they tend to be very open, right? So it's like there's no corrosion on the inside of it. So you're getting really good blood flow to your heart. But as you start to age, what happens is, is that there's more plaques that build up on the inside, or if you're thinking about plumbing, that there becomes more blockages. So that blood flow doesn't get to your heart as, as well as it may be used to. Typically with women, so age, heart disease in general, the risk of it increases with age. Okay. But women have an increased risk factor of developing heart disease after menopause. And so you know, at this time after menopause, what's happening is, is that there's changes going on in your body related to what it should be doing because you're no longer able to have children. So you can have low estrogen and that could increase your risk of developing higher cholesterol. And so that risk factor alone of menopause and the estrogen levels and how it affects your cholesterol, that may put you more at risk with less estrogen. You may have more narrowing of your blood vessels. Um, with menopause, you may be more at risk for other other chronic disease states, which is going to probably increase your risk of developing heart disease. There are some women who may be more at risk for heart failure risk or heart disease, especially if they are somebody who went through menopause earlier than 45. So we know as we age, that increases your risk of developing cardiovascular disease or heart disease. 
but the changes that happen after menopause, so it's not menopause that increases your risk of heart disease, but it's the changes related to menopause. And that could be some of the lifestyle factors that you've been doing is now kind of catching up to you. It could be related to the low estrogen, but heart disease is definitely going to be at an increased risk. And there is noted to be an overall increase in heart attack among women about 10 years after menopause happens. Another risk factor is gender. Cardiovascular disease develops usually later in women than in men. And heart disease, like we've talked about, is the leading killer of women. If you have a family history of heart disease, you could also be at risk for developing heart disease. Like we talked about at the beginning, probably most people have some kind of family history of heart disease. If you've had a previous stroke or heart attack, that may put you at risk for heart disease. For women, if you had preeclampsia during pregnancy, if you had pregnancy-induced hypertension, or if you had gestational diabetes, that may also put you at risk for developing heart disease as you get older. We know that there is a race disparity when it comes to heart disease. So the CDC shows that non-Hispanic Black persons were more than twice as likely than non-Hispanic Asian or Pacific Islander to die of heart disease. And so that might be related to disease disparity. We know that women are at risk because especially if they have any autoimmune diseases such as lupus or rheumatoid arthritis. And then some of the factors that you can change that are controllable would be things like a sedentary lifestyle. If very few people are able to meet the numbers that are currently recommended for activity. So the recommendation is 150 minutes per week, which is about 30 minutes, five days a week. Most people, very few people are actually meeting those numbers. Obesity or being overweight, especially over a BMI over 40, increases your risk of heart disease. And that's because there's just concern that there may be an increased strain on your heart. Smoking, May is another modifiable risk factor because the concern is that smoking may lead to early menopause or overall just blood clots. And the research suggests that women who smoke have an increased risk of developing heart disease than women who don't smoke. Other things that contribute to heart disease that are modifiable are, her, are other diseases, right? So the three that we're going to concentrate on are the ones that we're going to talk about here are high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and diabetes. So the concern is, is that if you have a history of high blood pressure, this forces your heart to work a lot harder to get blood flow to the rest of your body. High cholesterol blocks blood flow to the heart, making you more at risk. And diabetes is insidious because it is basically the same. It damages blood vessels and the nerves. So all of those things are narrowed and decreases blood flow to the heart. So think of these diseases as, again, that pipe, right? So you're getting older. And then with these diseases that you have, you're going to have 
more of a risk for having a narrowing in that pipe. So it's not going to have as good of a blood flow as it previously did. There's these diseases by themselves or all together are going to cause damage to your arteries. And then it's going to be not as wide and it's going to be much more narrowed. And then it makes it harder for blood flow to get to the heart. And you need your heart. If you don't have your heart, you can't live. And so you want to try to get as much blood flow to your heart as you possibly can in terms of that. So high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and diabetes are some other diseases that put you at risk for heart disease. So now that this sounds all really scary and we've talked about pipes and plumbing and we've talked about all the things that are super scary, what can you do to decrease your risk? Well, the good news is that there are some things like we talked about some of the things that you can control that will help decrease your risk of other diseases, developing them such as high cholesterol, hypertension, or diabetes, and then thereby will decrease your risk of heart disease. But also one of the ways that you can do today, or one of the things you can do today to decrease your risk of developing those diseases in addition to heart disease is is your diet. That's a really, really big one. So let's start talking about some of these controllable or modifiable risk factors that we can do. So first, the whole way that you're eating, right? So we've talked about this in multiple, in all of the disease states, they all have this in common. So one of the things that they all share or is the diet, right? So a diet that you can eat that is higher in fruits and vegetables. Okay. Again, serving sizes is going to depend on all of these things based on what your height and well, really what your weight is. So if you're someone who is smaller in stature and you are older, you may not need as many of these per day, as opposed to somebody who is bigger and younger is going to need more of these serving sizes. So a typical meal pattern, because again, we don't do dieting on this program, we're doing meal patterns is one that's rich in fruits and veggies a day. So I'm not talking about one fruit and veggie per day. I'm talking about somewhere between, I would say a fruit and veggie at each meal. So that's just based on my thinking. It's not based on, you know, again, the evidence is going to show that your variety is going to depend on whatever's happening with you. There may be other disease states that you can't get that, but certainly trying to get a fruit or veggie with each meal. One of the other things with heart disease is that you're going to hear a lot about fish. So I think the American Heart Association always recommends at least two servings of fish per week. Um, and that is something that can help reduce your risk of heart disease. So some of the meal patterns that we talk about are fruits and veggies, getting fish, having a diet rich in whole grains or fiber, consuming nuts and legumes and seeds whenever you can. And so they're the really big things. So the portion sizes are going to vary depending on what what your weight is and how old you are and things like that. But you want to have fruits and veggies, I would say, with at least each meal that you consume. And with fish, you want to probably consume that at least two servings per week. And with fiber, if you're eating fruits and veggies, hopefully you're able to eat things that are fresh and then you can get some fiber because you want to have fiber every single day. The recommendations for fiber are 25 grams per day. Most people get much, much, much less than that. And so I'm not saying all of a sudden to consume all these fruits and veggies that you're going to have some kind of GI distress, but certainly over time, start implementing some fruits and veggies and some whole grains, which are going to give you fiber, which is going to decrease your risk of heart disease. 
Another thing that's really helpful is having things like nuts and legumes and seeds. And that's as many times per week as you can do them. So we had talked about the importance of nuts when we talked about the DASH diet on the hypertension episode or the high blood pressure episode, but also consuming things like seeds and beans. They're all going to be really great for your heart because they are going to have fiber and they're plant sources of of protein. And so when it comes to fat intake, usually some kind of plant source is going to be higher in the really good kind of fat and not have any of the bad kind of fat that we worry about when it comes to heart disease, like the, like your um, saturated fat and your trans fatty acids. Some other things that you can do in terms of your meal pattern is making sure, especially if you're somebody who has heart disease, you may need to limit the amount of salt that you're taking. But again, that salt intake is going to vary on your past medical history, your age, if you have any other comorbidities. And certainly you can refer to the high blood pressure episode because we talked a lot about in that episode about the DASH diet. And that's a way that you can decrease the amount of salt that you consume. But again, like when we talk about all of these things, they're just general recommendations. They may be different. Most of these are different and going to be individualized to you because you are unique and you have a different family history and you have a different history of different diseases than other people may have. So this is just general guidelines. And certainly with the advice of your physician, you will have better guidance on what works for you. Trying to reduce your sugar-sweetened beverages is a way also that you can decrease your risk of of heart disease. So like the sodas that are non-diet, the research is still out in terms of like, I don't know that there's a lot of research with heart disease with diet soda, because that might help manage diabetes, which is also going to be a heart disease risk. But so other things too, would be like limiting your intake of processed meats. So processed meats are going to be things like lunch meat and hot dogs and things like that. Trying to decrease those or have no more than two servings of those per week. And then also trying to decrease the amount of saturated fat that you're going to do. So when it comes to saturated fat, it's going to increase your risk of heart disease. And that would be things like fried food and milk and butter and cream that's whole fat and shortening and lard and tallow and all those kinds of things. And red meat is a really big one. I don't want you to focus on the calories here because it doesn't it's not really about that. It's more of like the composition of what you're eating. So I think that when we're in our twenties and thirties, and maybe even still you, there's this preoccupation with weight, right? But when it comes to disease risk, as we get older, that's going to be more in the front of our mind, right? So we may have this focus now that we're not really worrying so much about calories and our weight, but we might be more worried about developing diseases because we're getting to an age that that starts happening. And so I want to reframe it more from weight because again, I don't always like to, I don't want that to be the focus because you can weigh and be okay and look physically great from the outside, but your numbers could be terrible. And so what it's really about is the behaviors here. And so it's about the composition of what you're eating, because that's really where you're going to have those changes. If you're eating things that are whole grain and fruits and veggies and nuts and seeds and beans, they're all going to give you fiber and they're all going to really help keep that heart nice and healthy and keep it from getting some really good blood flow to where it needs to get to and avoiding things that may worsen that blood flow, such as eating red meat and fatty meats and shortening and tallow and lard and 
full fat dairy products. That's what's going to cause some of that plaque buildup that we've talked about in the beginning. And so I want you to start thinking about the transition instead of weight, which so many women are focused on into this idea of how can I reduce my risk of getting this disease? I think that's also a bigger motivator for most women because most women you want to do a lot of things. There's still a lot of time left in your life and you want it to be as wonderful and not on as many medications as you could possibly be on if you start to become at risk for these diseases. So start thinking about it instead of like weight as more quality of life and reduce your risk of getting these diseases. And most people in general aren't eating this way. Most people aren't eating nearly enough fruits and vegetables or getting enough fiber. And especially in westernized countries, we may be eating much more things that are fast food and that are convenient, and thereby that would increase our risk of getting heart disease. So there probably is some room for improvement when it comes to our the things that we eat in terms of decreasing our risk of heart disease. One of the other things, in addition to what we eat, that's going to help protect our heart is going to be exercise. Exercise is a really big one because exercise is one of the other modifiable factors that you can do to help decrease your heart, your risk of heart disease in addition to diet, right? So essentially exercise is going to help do so many things and there's just this protective benefit when it comes to your heart. Most people aren't doing the 150 minutes of physical activity each week that's recommended to help prevent against heart disease. So there is room for improvement there. One of the other things with exercise is that it helps manage and decrease your risk of cholesterol, blood pressure, and diabetes, all of which are going to increase your risk of heart disease. So the diet pattern that you follow, putting these like good foods into how you're eating now and then starting to exercise what are two really great things that you can do that is protective for you in terms of decreasing your risk of heart disease. Smoking is probably the third thing that you can do to decrease your risk of heart disease. We know that we talked about what how smoking is harmful to our health and so smoking and secondhand smoke has that is going to mess with the vasculature of our blood vessels so and will be more at risk for putting you at risk for early menopause. So trying to engaging in any smoking cessation program is going to be helpful when it comes to decreasing your heart disease risk. And then lastly, we having and knowing and going to routine doctor's appointments is going to be really helpful to decrease your heart disease risk. And that's because when you go to the doctor's office, they are going to talk to you about your disease risk, and they're going to probably take some blood work from you. And making regular appointments is going to be something that's really important because that's where they're going to catch and they're going to do blood work to see what your cholesterol is, your blood pressure is, or your your fasting glucose is. That's where a lot of these things are going to start to happen because you may not have symptoms of high cholesterol and high blood pressure and glucose that's elevated. And so really checking in and having a routine annual appointment will be something that is required in order for you to start seeing what your risk is in comparison to your family history. And then also you may need to go to your doctor more frequently, but you're not going to know that if you're not going at all. So I encourage you to know your numbers and engage in regular annual trips to your doctor's office so that if you have anything that's wrong, they can catch it pretty early on. And it doesn't get to a point that it's much worsened than it had been if you had gotten it earlier. 
Because I know that a lot of you guys are fearful. I mean, I mean, especially after COVID, I think when you're in the midst of it and then our medical care is delayed because you don't want to go outside because you're scared. So I totally get it. If you want more information on knowing what your numbers are when it comes to cholesterol, blood pressure, and glucose, that is episode 93. You can kind of check that out. So what can you do right now? We've talked about what heart disease is. We've talked about how as a woman, especially as you age, you may be more at risk for heart disease. We've talked about things that you can't change that increases your risk, such as your age and your gender, your disease states that you have, your family history. We've talked about some things that you can do to decrease your risk of developing heart disease, such as exercising more, trying to get in the 150 minutes a week. We've talked about not smoking and we've talked about the big thing was what you eat and what the things that you consume and how that can help good things if you're eating and how that can have an lastly, we've talked about what you eat and how you can decrease your risk of heart disease. And so let's now talk about some of the things that you can do today to help decrease your risk of heart disease. So let's talk about what you can do you today to decrease your risk of heart disease. Think about what you're eating. Think about how much you're exercising. Think about the last time you've gone to the doctors. Think about if you're smoking or not, right? Is there any room for improvement in any of those? My guess is probably yes. And so focus on the behavior that you are willing to make today to make something better. I think it doesn't have to be everything all at once. And for most people, that actually doesn't work. So think of one thing that you can do today to help decrease your risk of heart disease. You know, for me, I still struggle with issues and mobility with my hip. So I am somebody who maybe doesn't always get regular physical activity. And that's something that's really hard for me. But I know I don't smoke. I know what my numbers are because I've had a recent doctor's appointment and I try to then focus on what I eat because that's something that I can control a lot more than I can control my physical activity right now. Now that season will differ as it will for you. So think of what you can do today. Are you smoking? Can you stop smoking? Are you exercising? Is there a way that you can even squeeze in 10 minute walk or look at what you're eating? Are there things that you can incorporate into your meal plan that you can increase your fruit or veggies at different meals? Is there a way that you can go from having one fruit and veggie a day to maybe three a day? So just start thinking about like these simple ways that you can do to start taking care of yourself and to start decreasing your risk of other diseases because we're getting to that age, ladies, where this is common, whether it's heart disease or whether it's high cholesterol, whether it's high blood pressure, whether it's diabetes, especially if you're somebody who had any of these things happen when you were pregnant, that may put you more at risk. So At the very least, make an appointment with your doctor if you haven't in the last year and try to figure out if there is a way that you can get your numbers tested so you can kind of just like figure out where you're at because that's what's really important too. I think that's really scary to do, but ultimately it's necessary because that's what's really going to determine a lot of your risk because again, you may not be having symptoms. And as women, it's really important that we start to focus on ourselves because so many of us are focused on everyone else around us that it's easier to do that than it is to put the focus on ourselves and take care of ourselves. So let's stop focusing on other people. Let's stop focusing on the scale and let's start focusing on the things that we can do every day 
to decrease our risk of getting other diseases and to let us have some longevity and a good quality of life and make us feel better because eating good and eating fruits and veggies is going to make you feel better than eating fast food and pizza every day. And again, all foods fit, so there's no telling you not to consume them, but it's just trying to figure out what you can consume more frequently that will make you feel better and will have better health benefits. And then there's some foods that you want to eat less frequently so that you can feel better and decrease your risk of getting other diseases. So let's start focusing on the behaviors that you can do today. And even if it's something small, just one person or one thing different today, that will help you in the long term. And as always, I will emphasize progress over perfection because it, nothing is going to be perfect. There's going to be seasons when some of these changes are going to be easier for you and seasons when it's harder. And so it's just doing what you can do at this particular time and moving forward. Progress over perfection. Any step that you take today, even if it's just a 1% step, is going to be helpful to your future. So thank you for listening to this women's health series. And we will continue the conversation probably in the new year. And if there are any topics that you want to talk about, certainly send me a DM or email me at info at trishard.com. So that way I can either research the topic or get some speakers to kind of talk about that. So the next couple of weeks, we'll be really focusing on getting you through the holidays because I know that's something that's hard for all of us. So I wish you kindness to yourself and try to think of one thing that you can do today, no matter how small that it may feel to you to make some kind of progress. Be kind to yourself and I will see you back here next week. If you found value in this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Being a busy woman or mom doesn't mean that we have to give up on our health, wellness, or self-care. Together, we can take tiny imperfect steps towards creating the whole health we desire and deserve. You can find us at wholehealthempower.com or on Instagram at wholehealthempower. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.